Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the If We Can Do It podcast. Today's episode will be slightly different than the others due to the current coronavirus lockdown in the UK. Today we do not have a guest as such. Instead this episode will be me discussing some of my favourite books, recent reads and how I believe we can all use this time to come out stronger than we went in. So sit down, sip a cup of tea and enjoy me sharing some of my favourite books with you and why I think you should check them out too. Without further ado, please enjoy. This podcast is also brought to you by Whittingham Marketing and Consultancy, which is my own business. If your business is in need of expert marketing help, then we are the guys you need. From website design to social media management, we are a one-stop shop for all manner of online marketing and ensuring your company succeeds online. Contact us today and discuss how to make your business thrive at www.whittinghammarketing.co.uk. That's www.whittinghammarketing.co.uk. To give a little context to this episode, I am an avid reader. I will always have a book on the go and I truly adore reading. I do read both fiction and non-fiction, however the latter heavily outweighs the former, only really because of the subject matter that interests me the most. However, I do consider myself a little bit of a fiction snob, or in fact a book snob in general, and it's because of this that I feel the fiction I have read and enjoyed is some of the best there is. We'll go into more detail on that later. Some people listening may be horrified to hear that I write notes, highlights and scribble in almost all my books, regardless of genre. Notes can include anything I want to remember, quotes or turns of phrase that I particularly like, or any other reason that I deem important or enjoyable enough to deface the book for. Almost all my books are full of notes, post-it notes, highlights and scribbles. The last book I read was finished last week and it was Richard Branson's first autobiography, Losing My Virginity. It was a fascinating read and whenever you think of the man himself, there is no doubt that he has built one of the most recognisable brands on the planet. The book is filled with hilarious anecdotes from the first half of his life and is well worth a read whether or not you're interested in business. I particularly enjoyed his various hot air ballooning adventures and the detailed breakdown of some of his most famous and public battles, especially that of Virgin's battle with British Airways. That is really worth checking out. Following on from that, I have just started to read the Steve Jobs biography by Walter Isaacson. Usually, I much prefer autobiographies to biographies. However, this rule of thumb is put to one side when a book is written by the wonderful Walter Isaacson. Not only was he asked specifically by Steve Jobs to write this book for him before his death, but his writing and insight in all his books is unbiased, honest and deeply interesting. As well as the Steve Jobs book, I highly recommend his book on the life of Leonardo da Vinci, another incredibly important historical figure and one that is certainly worth learning more about. Now, during the course of this episode, I'm going to share with you six book recommendations that have either had a profound effect on me or that I've really enjoyed. Three of them will be non-fiction, which we'll go through first, and three fiction, which we'll end with. After you've listened to the podcast, please do let me know your thoughts on the books I've recommended and if you've read them or if you're going to check them out based on this podcast. Also, please let me know any of your favourite reads by commenting on the blog post or social media. I am always looking to add to my endless must-read list. Now, without further ado, let's get into this episode. The first book I will be discussing is The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. 
I first read this book on a plane to Tenerife in 2014 and I remember vividly the bizarre look on the air hostess's face when I asked her to bring me a stack of napkins for me to make notes on and tuck in the book. To this day I still have that copy but it is now so filled with highlights, notes, turned down pages and scribbles that it is almost completely unreadable to anyone but me. I also now have a second copy, a hardback copy, with no notes or scribbles which I will reread and delve back into at least once a quarter. I cannot stress how often I will go back to this book, reread chapters and find a new nugget of information that is applicable to whatever situation I'm in at that time. Now, the title of the book may put some people off and Tim Ferriss himself has sometimes said he wishes he'd used a different title. But despite his name, the goal of the book is not to encourage people to live idly or work as little as possible. Instead, the goal of the book is to promote that with a better understanding of your goals and dreams, and with better time allocation throughout your life, you can join what Tim calls the time rich. This book has become a firm favourite for entrepreneurs and business people around the world, and Tim himself has become a true pioneer of the self-help, biohacking and time efficiency community. But whether or not you're starting a business or looking to earn more money, I think this book should be a must-read for anyone. Feeling a little lost or wishing that they could have a little more control in their lives. If this sounds like you, then this book really is a must read. The book was originally written in 2007, so some of the tools Tim recommends and a little bit of the advice is now outdated. But if you can get past that, the principles themselves remain as strong as ever and the book has really stood the test of time. I encourage anyone listening to who doesn't know who Tim Ferriss is, to look him up, visit his incredible blog, tim.blog, that's Tim, T-I-M dot blog, and listen to his amazing podcast, The Tim Ferriss Show. Obviously, only check that one out after you've listened to mine. Tim has also written a number of other books, such as The 4-Hour Chef, which is actually more a book on accelerated learning than it is one about cooking, but nonetheless does include some great recipes that you should check out. And Tools of Titans, a monster of a book that is a collection of thoughts and insights from his various podcast guests. And he has sat down with some incredible people from Arnold Schwarzenegger to absolute icons in the business world from celebrities to business icons to athletes to high performers across the board the tim ferris podcast does really cover them all i love all his books and have several dog-eared copies of each one but the four hour work week truly set me on a certain path in my life and it is my number one most recommended book of all time if you only read one book from this list please please let it be this one that's the four hour work week by tim ferris Next up, we have Vagabonding by Rolf Potts. To kick this one off, I'm actually going to read the blurb because I think it does a great job of summing the book up. So, there's nothing like vagabonding, taking time off from your normal life from six weeks to four months to two years to discover and experience the world on your own terms. In this one-of-a-kind handbook, veteran travel writer Rolf Potts explains how anyone armed with an independent spirit can achieve the dream of extended overseas travel. Now completely revised and updated, Vagabonding is an accessible and inspiring guide to financing your travel time, determining your destination, adjusting to life on the road, working and volunteering overseas, 
handling travel adversity and importantly re-assimilating back into ordinary life. Amongst just some of the reviews are USA Today who said the book is a meditation on the joys of hitting the road. It's also a primer for those with a case of pent-up wanderlust seeking to live the dream. And Tim Cahill, founding editor of Outside, Potts wanted us to wonder, to explore, to embrace the unknown, and finally to take our own damn time about it. I think this is the most sensible book of travel-related advice ever written. Now, I first read this book when I was considering a period of extended travel myself, somewhere around 2015, and although the practical advice was incredible, this book is so much more than simply a self-help book for people looking to travel. In my opinion, this book shares a philosophy on life that I think a lot of people have or aspire to have. Alongside the practical tips on travel, situations to avoid and adjusting to long-term travel, the book also has some fantastic chapters on how to finance your extended trips, how to get work abroad, and just as importantly, how to reassimilate back into normal society when you return, something that I know a lot of people struggle with. Just like the previous book we spoke about, I've recommended this book to many people and my own copy is now practically falling apart. It is only a short book, merely 208 pages, so if you're like me, then it will be devoured in only a few evenings. I often reread chapters again, especially if I am looking at any period of travel, and have applied some of the advice to various situations on my own travels. One notable occasion in which the advice came in extremely handy was when I had to deal with two rather aggressive con men and an angry looking camel in Egypt, a story for another time perhaps. After reading the book, it was well worth looking into more of Rolf Potts' work, and he has done various interviews and podcasts that are worth listening to. A simple Google search will reveal all. A truly brilliant read, especially for those looking to or planning to escape the daily grind for an extended period. But still worth checking out even if you're not looking at travelling. As I say, the book contains uh, what I feel is a philosophy on life and a philosophy on travel itself. So that's Vagabonding by Rolf Potts. Vagabonding, V-A-G-A-B-O-N-D-I-N-G by Rolf Potts. Check it out. Let me know what you think. The third book we're going to discuss and the last in the non-fiction category is Seneca Letters from a Stoic, which is a Penguin classic book. Again, I'm going to start by reading the blurb to give you some more info in case the name Seneca or Stoicism doesn't mean anything to you. For several years of his turbulent life, in which he was dogged by ill health, exile and political danger, Seneca, circa 4 BC to 65 AD, was the guiding hand of the Roman Empire. His inspired reasoning derived mainly from the Stoic principles, which had originally been developed some centuries earlier in Athens. This selection of Seneca's letters shows him upholding the austere ethical ideals of Stoicism, the wisdom of the self-possessed person immune to overmastering emotions and life setbacks, whilst valuing friendship and the courage of ordinary men, and criticising the harsh treatment of slaves and the cruelties in the gladiatorial arena. The humanity and wit revealed in Seneca's interpretation of Stoicism is a moving and inspiring declaration of the dignity of the individual mind. Robin Campbell's translation captures Seneca's humour and tautly aphoristic style. His introduction and notes discuss the tension between a philosopher's principles and his acquisition of wealth and his role in advising the increasingly wayward and tyrannical emperor Nero. For those unsure what Stoicism is, the Google definition is as follows. 
Stoicism is the endurance of pain or hardship without the display of feelings and without complaint, an ancient Greek school of philosophy founded in Athens by Zeno of Cetium. The school taught that virtue, the highest good, is based on knowledge. The wise live in harmony with the divine reason, also identified with fate and providence, that governs nature and are indifferent to the vestitutes of fortune and the pleasure and pain. Seneca was a Stoic philosopher, and this book is full of Stoic advice and Stoic philosophy, some of which is incredibly prevalent as we battle through the current coronavirus pandemic. I myself am a big subscriber to the Stoic philosophy and try to incorporate their teachings in my life wherever possible, and this book has certainly helped me achieve that. As well as the life advice some of the letters Seneca sent, they also contained some fascinating insight to historic events during the Roman Empire and some of Rome's most notable figures, including the Emperor Nero. So it certainly ticks the right boxes for any history buffs out there too. As always, my copy is filled with notes and highlights, and if I ever find myself struggling with a particular issue, I will reread certain issues to see what nuggets of insight I can extract. So whether you're a history buff, philosophy fanatic, or just someone looking to learn more about accepting things as they are and not fretting over things you can't control, then this book is for you. I also encourage anyone to look into the Stoic philosophy. Uh, It's been an incredible asset in my life and I feel that a more Stoic outlook could help almost everyone. Moving on. I'm going to be sharing three of my favourite fiction books. First up, we have Norse Mythology by the god of fiction himself, Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman has written some incredible novels, and he certainly takes the crown as my favourite fantasy fiction writer. He's responsible for such incredible books as Coraline, Neverwhere and Good Omens, now an Amazon Prime TV series starring David Tennant and Michael Sheen. But I've chosen Norse mythology for this list because when I was reading it, it really did make me feel like I was a little kid sat fireside hearing the great tales of the Norse gods for the first time. If, like me, you're fascinated by the Norse gods, then hearing Gaiman's wonderful tales should go straight to the top of your must-read list. He tells the stories in an interesting, humorous and accurate way, whilst painting such a clear picture of the world they inhabit, you often find yourself daydreaming about this ancient and exciting landscape. For the Marvel fans amongst you, the Norse gods Thor and Loki might ring some bells, both of whom feature heavily in these stories, as do the origins of Thor's legendary hammer. To be honest, I encourage anyone listening to pick up any Neil Gaiman books and start reading immediately. This segment is more an appreciation post of Gaiman's incredible writing, but if you're not sure where to start, or you want a slightly more adult option than some of Gaiman's other books, then this is a great place to start. I have no doubt once you start reading Neil Gaiman, he will, as he has with me, become one of your favourite authors of all time. Check it out, Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. Let me know what you think and enjoy his incredible writing. Moving on, we are going on to a slightly different tack now with Motherless Brooklyn by Jonathan Lethem. If you're looking for a book with a little difference, then I think the next one is right up your street. How about a novel focused around the crazy journey of a New York detective with OCD and Tourette's disorder as he attempts to solve his boss's murder? Well, if that sounds like something you can get your teeth into, then the brilliant and hilarious Motherless Brooklyn by Jonathan Lethem is the book for you. 
This fantastic novel is one of very few that actually had me laughing out loud in public. And with the fantastic internal dialogue of the main character Lionel, combined with the amusing and unfortunate situations he finds himself in, I have no doubt it will have the same effect on you. The book was recently made into a film written by, directed by and starring Edward Norton of Fight Club fame, which I ashamed to say I am yet to see. But either way, as always, I would encourage you to read the book first. No matter how good the film is, I would always encourage someone to check out the book first. A relatively short book, I blitzed through it in no time and wouldn't hesitate to reread if I fancied going on another crazy detective adventure. A lot of swear words, a lot of crazy situations, a lot of fun. I highly recommend Motherless Brooklyn. If it sounds like your sort of thing, check it out. Let me know what you think. Motherless Brooklyn by Jonathan Lethem. Last but not least, I'd like to tell you about one of my favourite authors of all time and his fantastic books, namely How to Get Filthy Rich in Rising Asia by Mohsin Hamid. Mohsin is a highly decorated author with several major awards under his belt and he is probably my favourite fiction writer full stop. I have read all his novels but How to Get Filthy Rich in Rising Asia was the first one I managed to get my hands on. His writing is truly magnificent and he has an incredible way of making the reader feel like they can touch, smell and taste the images he creates, a true master of the written word. As well as How to Get Filthy Rich in Rising Asia, a book written in third person covering one man's rise from poverty to obtaining filthy rich status, his others such as The Reluctant Fundamentalist, now a major movie starring Riz Ahmed, and Moth Smoke, his latest release based around the refugee crisis, should be on everyone's must-read list. All his books are either set in his birthplace of Pakistan or in mythical locations clearly heavily influenced by his country of origin. For anyone looking for a simply breathtaking book, then I encourage you to pick up any Mohsin Hamid and start reading immediately. I can assure you, you will not be disappointed. Mohsin Hamid, How to Get Filthy Rich in Rising Asia. Check it out. Well, guys, that marks the end of another much briefer than usual episode of the If We Can Do It podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this relatively short episode with me sharing some of my favourite books. Normal service will be resumed ASAP and we have lots of great guests lined up and ready to go. Before I say goodbye, I want to leave with one simple message. During these incredibly difficult times when almost the entire world has been affected by the coronavirus pandemic, I want to encourage people to really use this newfound abundance of time. Now, I'm not expecting everyone to come out of this having written their first sonnet or published their first novel, but I really do believe that if, when all this is over, you can still say things like, I haven't got around to doing that, or I've always wanted to write that book, or I'd love to start that business one day, then you really have wasted a golden opportunity. If, however, you don't want to do anything in particular and you want to spend this time focusing on yourself, your health, well-being, etc., then that's fine too. But please, whatever you do, don't waste it. I wish you all as much health and happiness as possible, and together I believe we can all make it through this and be much stronger because of it. Now, that's enough from me. I hope you enjoy my book suggestions. Please do let me know what you think, either on the blog or via social media, and I look forward to our next podcast coming soon. Thanks for listening. See you all soon. Hi guys, it's me again. Just one more small request before you take off. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast episode and if you did, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you heard this show. Your review means the world to me personally, but more importantly, it goes a long way in helping reach the harder to reach potential guests. A review takes less than 60 seconds and you will have my undying gratitude. 
For all the show notes, links and past guests, please visit www.whittinghammarketing.co.uk. That's www.whittinghammarketing.co.uk. Thank you for listening.